Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Please remain standing. Ezekiel chapter 47, starting with verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from underneath the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate, led me around on the outside of the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water running on the right side. When the man went out to the east with lines in his hands, he measured 1,000 cubits and brought me through the water, and the water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000, brought me through the water, and the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water, and it came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the banks of the river. When I returned there, along the banks of the river were many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the Dead Sea Valley and enters the Dead Sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever this river goes will live. And there will be a great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that the fishermen will stand on the banks of the Engedi River. And there they will clean their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind as the great sea. Say amen at the reading of God's word. You may be seated. My favorite metaphor for God is the river of God. I like all metaphors in the Bible and the names of God. You can pick whichever one you think is your favorite. Mine happens to be the river. We'll talk about why in just a few moments. Some of you may like the fact that God's compared to fire. You like the fact that he's a cloud by day and a fire by night. Knowing that the God who answers by fire, he is God. Maybe he's Jehovah Jireh to you. He's the God that provides on the mountain of Moriah when you have to sacrifice your greatest dream. Maybe he's the fourth man in the fire with you with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some, he's just a wheel within a wheel or a stream in a desert or the precious rose of Sharon or the lily of the valley. I don't know what story you like the most, but he is everything that stands contrary to the darkness of this world. He's the light. He's the passion. He's the oil that flows. He's the candle on a, on a hillside that cannot be hidden. He, he's the fairest of 10,000. He, he's the one that called me out of darkness. He, he reaches down and he saves me. He's, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He left the 99 and came to get me. He's my father who is in heaven. Holy is his name. He's the king of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. There, there are so many stories that I cannot contain. The Bible says if everything he did was written down the world could not contain the parchment that tried to describe almighty God he is to me my favorite though is he's a river I love that he's a river I love the story that he's a river one of the reasons is because there's only one of them this story right here doesn't have three rivers 
or two rivers in a creek. It's not a pond on the side of it where you can go and find extra blessing, which lets me know that regardless of what the polls say, they took a poll amongst young Christians in the millennial generation and they found that more than 50% of young people believe that there are many ways to find God. Here at this church, we don't believe there are many ways to find God. There's only one way to come to God. We don't believe you can get in the river of Buddhism and find peace. We don't believe that you can serve Muhammad and also serve Jesus Christ. We don't believe that you can bow down to the gods of this world. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. As a matter of fact, let me go a little further. If you believe that you can serve many gods and still come to God's peace and reconciliation in heaven, you're not a Christian. Christianity is not based on you liking a few things about Jesus and singing a few songs about him. When you're going to be a Christian, it's not just embracing the cross. It is coming out from amongst those that are in the world. You have to reject them to serve him. There's only one name under heaven whereby men can be saved, and that's at the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the gate. No man comes to the Father but by me. Anybody who tries to come to God another way besides the gate that's provided in my life, Jesus said, is a thief and a robber. Marty told us a devotion this morning. Said you're stealing when you should have been buying. And there's a lot of thieves that try and steal peace in a yoga pose. There's a lot of thieves that try and steal direction from a horoscope. There's a lot of thieves that try and find purpose in religions of this world, in the witchcraft of our culture. You're a thief and a robber. You're trying to find your way into the supernatural without walking through the blood of Jesus Christ. But in this house, we don't walk through another way. We don't try and climb over the wall or burrow underneath the fence, calling it witchcraft or other world religion. No, sir. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. We know that there's only one river and there's only one gate. Am I right about it? Lift up your head, O ye gates, and the King of glory will come in. Who is this King of glory? It's the Lord, strong and mighty. Today we praise God as the only way to be saved. Yeah. I like that everywhere this river went, it brought life. Didn't matter where it went. I've been in the deserts of Arizona, in the deserts of Africa. I've actually been to the desert described by this passage. I've stood on the banks of the Engedi. I know what that landscape looks like, dry and parched. But I can also tell you that somewhere in that desert, there's a water that comes from underneath a rock or flowing in from a mountain. And there's an, an oasis that erupts in that place because there's seeds in the ground just ready to give life. You see, it's an amazing thing. Doesn't matter how dry the ground is, when the water starts to flow, everything comes to life. Ah, oh, thanks be unto God. I used to be a dry, thirsty ground. 
But God sent the rain. And you can find solutions in a lot of ways, but what you need is the power and provision of God's manifest presence in your life. I got in trouble at the state capitol. They invited me to speak to the House of Representatives at the Georgia State Capitol. And I got in there and brought up a subject that I thought would be dear to their hearts. about a season in our life when Lake Lanier was going dry. Those of you who have a heart and passion for North Georgia, you remember when Lake Lanier was going dry. And I grouched just a bit because while our lake was going dry, Alabama and Florida didn't even restrict their lawn water rights. They kept spraying water on their grass while our lake was going dry and said they owned Chattahoochee water when it flowed by the border of their state. I told the state capitol, I cannot comprehend why God-given rain falling on the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Georgia collected in the river basin and the beautiful lake basin of Lake Lanier, surrounded by the taxpayers of Georgia, flowing by the beautiful city of Atlanta, built by the businessmen and women of our great fair city in the capital of Georgia, that that water should be subject to the bad management of clams in Pensacola, Florida. What I didn't know was that a delegation from Florida and Alabama was attending that day <laughs> to talk about Lake Lanier. <laughs> and I finished with something they could all agree on. I remember when Sonny Perdue called the preachers of this state to the Capitol steps. They started having write-ups about how Lake Lanier was never designed to have the water source for a city the size of Atlanta. How our lake would never be sufficient, that it was poor management and poor planning on our part. But I remember when Sonny Perdue got up there on those steps and he called on the ministers of the state. He didn't ask the president for an executive order. He didn't ask the legislators for a new law to be written on the books. He didn't ask for the Corps of Engineers to come up with a new plan for the lake that would be sufficient for the water needs of our great state. When he got on the Capitol steps, he lifted up his voice with the people of the good state of Georgia and said simply this, Oh God, send the rain. California had a write-up in one of their papers and time and Newsweek began to make fun of Georgia saying that we're just a bunch of weak-kneed people who rely on miracles when what we need is better planning of our environmental concerns. But I'm a witness. While their trees still burn over there, I drove by Lake Lanier this week. 
And I'm a witness that God has exceeded and given us more abundant an answer to the provision that we prayed for. God sent the rain. What we need in this world today is the river of God to be manifest one more time. We need the power of God to come down one more time. Let me say this to you. I'm going to tell you why I like the river analogy more than any other. I love to swim in rivers. I've, I've rafted a lot of rivers. I've been down the Etowah, the Chattahoochee, the Nantahala, the Okoe, the Hawassi, the Tuckasegee. I've, I've snorkeled in, in lots of rivers. I like to go see the wildlife in crystal clear rivers, whether it be Greenbrier and in the Smoky Mountains. There's a place called the Midnight Hole where this wonderful river falls over a 20-foot waterfall and washes out an Olympic-sized swimming pool of, of water. It's a solid granite basin. It's beautiful. I, I've been in Jack's River that is, it, it has a, a prestigious claim to fame in that we have more indigenous life in the Jacks River Basin than any other river basin in the United States and it's right here in North Georgia. I, I like to go swimming in those rivers. I like to see the clarity of the water because the closer I get to the river stress falls off of me. Why? Because the music of the water says something to my soul. How many of you like to put a chair beside the ocean and listen to the tide? How many of you like to stand at the base of a waterfall and hear the waterfall? You know why that's true? Every prophet that ever heard God speak said the same thing. He sounds like a waterfall. The reason you're drawn to the ocean tide, the reason you want to listen to waterfalls, is because it sounds like your father. And you know what I like about the river? Doesn't care if I'm dirty. Doesn't care if, if I'm from the prestigious families doesn't matter how much money I have in my bank account doesn't care what my degrees are on the wall no sir all that river does is what the river was destined to do bring to life bring peace flow into the ocean be the echo of God's voice I've got good news for you The river will not discriminate against you because of who you are or where you're from. Just get in the water. Had a good friend, heard about the Okoye River. He was not a smart fellow. He about like boiled gravel, if you want to know the truth. A little on the ugly side, too. I, I, he had a lot of problems. I had an ugly truck, heard about the Okoye River. Decided he was going to go down the Okoye River. Class 4 Rapids, international in its reputation. People from all over the world come there. The Olympics were on this river. He wants to go down the river. He shows up. There they are from all over the world with their kayaks, their rafts, the professional rafting companies, the professional rafting guides. They have all of the ropes and the gear, the helmets, the paddles. They're being instructed with people who teach you how to simply sit in a raft and make it down the river. He looks around at this great crowd, enjoying the scenery, stretches just a bit, walks to the back of his truck, pops the tailgate, lowers it down to get his equipment. Reaches in there, grabs his cooler full of Mountain Dew and Twinkies, and grabs his inner tube. Makes his way down to the Okoe River to go tubing. 
Fortunately, a park ranger saved his life. Sir, where are you going? I'm going down the river. No, you're not. Get back in your truck. You get out of here. Good news about the river of God, it won't hurt you. Some of you are splashing around because you just like to talk about God a little. Some of you are up to your knees because you'll pray when you need it. Others of you are up to your waist. You can feel the pressure of religion, but you have no relationship. But I want you to dive in today. Some of you have kayaks because you've been worshiping God for a long time. You know how to do this. You can surf those rapids of the great Okoye River of God's praise and worship. Some of you have the canoes and rafts. Some of you have been trained. Some of you are just sitting there with your family because someone else knows how to guide while you learn. Or maybe you just have an inner tube. Or maybe you're like Manny. You just showed up with those little rubber things on your arm and you're walking down to the river. <laughs> Got the snorkel mask on and some fins on your feet. There's a river that flows from its throne. It runs with crystal waters and it washes and it makes clean again. And the good news to you today is this. The bride says come and the spirit says come. Whosoever will let him come and drink of the water of life freely. I have a question for the Buford Church of God today. Is anybody thirsty? Is there a longing in your heart as a deer pants for the water brooks? Then I encourage you, step into the water. Wait out a little bit deeper. Pastor, how do I get in the water? Say his name. Let it get to your knees and begin to call on God's name. Save my soul. Wash me. Let it get to your waist and sanctify you with the restrictions on the sin that you brought with you to the river. But if you want to dive in, begin to lift up holy hands all over this congregation and begin to magnify and glorify his name. The river doesn't care where you came from. It doesn't care what you know. It doesn't care who your friends are. The water is here for you and it will sweep you away to a place of destiny come right now and magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever stand with me all over the house and I want you to get rowdy in the Holy Ghost for a minute Lift your voices from front to back to the balcony and I want you to begin to stir the waters of relationship. And I want you to dive in and begin to swim in the river of God's glory and let his power sweep you away. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, a name which is above every name, we magnify and exalt your name today. Oh God, send the rain. Send the rain. This is a prophetic passage of Scripture. He's not just talking about the metaphor. He means it literally. Dead seas going dry. One of the greatest environmental tragedies on earth right now is the disappearing Dead Sea. When I went to the Dead Sea, I was angry that one of the natural wonders of the world could be so mismanaged. Mismanaged because they're taking too much water out of the Jordan River. Mismanaged because they're working so hard to harvest the minerals from the Dead Sea that they're draining it from the south side. 
So we're losing one of the greatest natural wonders of earth. They're actually trying to solve the problem right now. One of the solutions, which is what I think will end up happening in the next few years, they've signed an agreement with Egypt and Jordan to build a canal from the Dead Sea to the Red Sea. Pastor, why is that important? Because the fish that they caught on the banks of the Engedi, where I stood, on the side of that desert, waterfalls feeding right into the Dead Sea. Not able to heal that water. It's too small of a body of water flowing in. But if they build a canal from the Dead Sea to the Red Sea, the fish of the Great Sea, with a miracle, can make their way upstream. They're doing something else, John. They got earth movers underneath Jerusalem. See, if you read your Bible, you'll find out that Jerusalem is founded where it is because there's an ancient water source underneath ground. So that even if the city is under siege, they'll still have water. They've long since stopped using that. There's a gorge on the east side of Jerusalem, a deep, dry desert gorge. Once would house this great water source. It's no longer used. But they have earth movers underneath Jerusalem. They're searching for that ancient water source. And they're going to find one greater than what they're looking for. Because there's going to be a river erupt from underneath the ground in Jerusalem. And that river will flow so strong, it will flow out the east side of that great city down into the gorge that I've talked to you about. And by the time it gets to Bethlehem, the water will be so deep you can't cross the river. It's happening right now. They are closing in on the river that Ezekiel prophesied would flow from the ancient temple mound. It will happen in my belief, in my lifetime, I will see this great river. Pastor, why are you so excited about that? Because not only is it literal, it's spiritual. Everything God did in Israel is meant to be done in our hearts right now in the New Testament. Which means if the river is about to flow in Jerusalem... If the water is coming from the source underneath Jerusalem, then the river that flows from his throne is about to fall on planet earth. The former and the latter rain will fall together. The sower's going to overtake the reaper. And God's going to heal lands with the manifestation of the gospel. COVID doesn't get the last word on revival. Communism doesn't get the last word on revival. What the world says about pornography and homosexuality and abortion and perversion is not going to get the last word on revival. For my God still sits on a throne high and lifted up and the river of God is about to fall. His word will be true and every man will be a liar. Somebody get ready for the great revival of God's power in this place. Hallelujah. May you be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when you rise and when you lay down at night. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. Turn his countenance towards you and be gracious to you. Make his face shine on you and give you peace. Beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoy Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. Our services are live streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.